Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Go look at yourself in the mirror and point to yourself and say, God loves me. That's great because I love me too. Live in the freedom that God loves you unconditionally. And he loves you unconditionally. God's love for you is unconditional. Preaching that God loves you unconditionally is the wrong message. God has a good will towards everybody, believers and non-believers. But there is another love reserved only for those who embrace the gospel and put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're off. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now, Here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio standing by for you to send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, stories, sermons, articles, anything wretched. We'd love to see it sent to idea at wretched.org. All right, we start with Chris, who says, Hey, Mr. Friel, what are your thoughts on women teaching Bible courses at a Christian high school? Ah. What are my thoughts on women teaching high school? Rock on. I have different thoughts about a woman teaching Bible at a Christian school. Why? Because 1 Timothy 2 and 3 demands I ask some questions to make sure that I am drawing the line of roles correctly and straightly. 1 Timothy 2 and 3 says that the preaching of the word, the teaching of the Bible should come from elders who are males. Now, we ask the question that we have to consider also is, all right, so if the role of elder is limited to males to be teaching adults, what about kids? Can women teach kids? And I think the answer is yes, because it is not usurping authority. And so I think historically, we've always understood that pretty clearly, that women can teach Sunday school to children, youth group stuff. And please, might I just challenge you to not go, oh, they only get, they only? I'm telling you, I'm increasingly convicted that youth pastors should be the grown-ups, not the youngest person in the church, to relate to the kids. Because if the youth pastor is more than like 22, they're going to think he's an old man. Yeah, that's right. Because we want to download wisdom to those kids. It is an honor to teach those kids. And ladies, I do believe that is wide open to you. But teaching the Bible now to high school students gets a little bit trickier. And I think it forces us to ask and answer a pretty fascinating question. When does a boy become a man? And I believe the answer is it depends on what culture and time you're living in. Because if you zip back to the first century in Israel, you were an adult with adult expectations and responsibilities way earlier. We've stretched adolescence out to the age of about 35 now. Back then, the age of 12, you were working hard. You were getting married. You were were having children. What? That's insane. It was demanded. They didn't have the luxury of protracting adolescence and letting the kids just snooze all day and watch video games. They had to work. It was serious. Life demanded it. 
You, you got to contribute to this unit or we're going to die. And it forced them to grow up much faster. And so we see different cultures have different lines when they believe that a boy becomes a man. But I might suggest to you that if you're dealing with anything post-puberty, you're dealing with the other side of childhood. You say, why do you pick that marker? That seems random. Well, if it is, it seems random to a lot of other cultures, too. Bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, they take place at puberty time. Other religious cultural passages take place at puberty time. Passage societally, even in a pagan culture, post-puberty. Because now you're, you've got everything going on that you're going to have as an adult. Now, we know that your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. So does that mean that a person isn't an adult until they're 25? No. I think having all of your faculties that you are going to be dealing with for decades is the line. And so I would say to the woman teaching Bible in high school, if it's post-puberty, I think that that would be drawing the line a little too far to the left. CBMW.org is a good place to go if you want to noodle through questions like that. And you can send yours to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from. You're not going to disagree with me? I, I don't, no, I don't disagree with you. It's, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we, we have to embrace God knows better than we do. Correct. He just knows. It just works better because that's the system. That's the way the world works. And when we kind of try to fudge it, push it, maybe because of personal motivations or societal pressure, it just ain't going to function as well. And haven't we seen that in the good old U.S. of A? Idea at wretched.org. All right. If you remember, I think it was last week uh, we had a discussion about living in in a simulation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan wrote in and says, Todd, what if we are living in a simulation? How would you defend that we are not? Because the Bible says we're not. (laughs) That's it. The Bible says so. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The, the 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 blue ball that you and I are spinning on this is this is God's creation he exists we are his creation and that's the way the world works I I I wouldn't try to do it frankly I just wouldn't do it scientific you can do it scientifically just drop a book on his foot hey that hurts no just a simulation it didn't really hurt well it's a sophisticated simulation all right. Well, then you're not all that far away from saying God, (laughs) who has designed all of this. I'm not sure I would try to use logic or reason. I think increasingly we just have to get back to saying the Bible tells me so, which, according to some pastors, is where all of our troubles began. Idea at wretched.org. If we're living in a simulation, then when we got to a a part of our life that we didn't like, couldn't we just hit the reset button? Well, you don't have access to that software. Ah. You're, you're programmed. Isn't it fascinating that, that they would even play with the idea that we are programmed in this? We're just, we're, we're just sophisticated pixels operating under the design of a computer programmer. <laughs> hmm. Um. In a sense, that's what we Christians have been saying all along here. 
Get used to saying the Bible tells me so. It has more power than logic and reason and science. Idea at wretched.org. All right. John wrote in and said, Todd, are speaking in languages and speaking in tongues the same thing or two different things? Well, what is what does it mean to speak in tongues? The Greek word is languages. It, it it's it's We've rather anachronistically imported a modern understanding of it, courtesy of of 21st century gifts debates, that that glossolalia, it means tongues, an unintelligible language that can only be discerned by somebody who can interpret it. That's never what it meant. Never, ever, ever. If you read Acts chapter 2, when we see Pentecost, they spoke in glossolalia, tongues. Was, was that an unidentifiable language? No. They list the languages. It was speaking a foreign language. Now, you, if you've been studying your Bible, and I salute you if you have, might run to 1 Corinthians 14, and it does talk about tongues. And this type is good, and that type is bad. Right. But there is a reason we try to study the Greek language. There's a difference in tongue and tongues. If you haven't read through this with the MacArthur Study Bible, please do so. It's hard sledding through 1 Corinthians 14, but all of the little footnotes, they will help you to realize we have never been commanded or given a gift of speaking in a heavenly language. The gift of tongues, languages, in the early church was just that, the speaking of foreign languages. And now that we have the Bible, and we have it, by the way, translated into so many languages, there's just no need for that particular gift. That was That's what Pentecost was all about, bringing it out there. It gets established in all four corners of the globe. And now we are just communicating Bible, and there is no need for foreign language gifts. Speaking of Bibles and study, study notes, I got to tell you, blown away. The folks at the Masters Academy International, they just sent me the numbers for July. If you recall, July 1st, we kicked off a Bible distribution program in the Philippines to get MacArthur Study Bibles into the hands of God's people in Bible teaching churches in the Philippines. And historically, you, you, it sometimes takes a while for people to go, you know what, that's actually a good idea. Maybe we should consider supporting that. That is not what happened. <laughs> you went, yeah, let's send Bibles to those people. I am absolutely, I was so encouraged just praising God for the generosity of God's people. We want to send thousands of study Bibles. Imagine, okay, so you want to answer this question. You're dealing with 1 Corinthians 14. You happen to own a Bible in the Philippines, which is a luxury, but you don't have study notes. Talk about a bummer. We can fix that if you want to contribute to the Master's Academy International Bible Distribution Program that we are partnering on. would encourage you to visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. And wow, we, just, we should be so encouraged by God's people. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched affordable biblical health 
sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff second of all you can save on average $500 per month and finally MediShare it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years it works and the members including myself and Mrs. Friel love it which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance if inflation has got you down call up the people at MediShare 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Fabares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season 1 is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of Season 1 and 2 of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network over the local churches, it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your reformers. Jan Hus, a Czech priest, was inspired by the writings of John Whitcliffe to preach against papal access and false doctrines such as transubstantiation. Even as he was burned at the stake by the Catholic Church, he continued to preach the gospel and sing the psalms. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's be fair here, people. This is Wretched Radio. Unlike most journalists today, we Christians need to practice journalistic integrity. And even though we're tempted to want to pile on a story because we're not going to do that. And we would like to demonstrate how to do that. Perhaps you heard the story, a New York City bishop That's right. A New York City bishop was conducting a service in his church when, alas, enter a criminal with a gun who held him up and his wife taking their jewelry reportedly to the tune of one million dollars. 
That's well, that's just wrong. Oh, it's wrong. That is just and even though the guy is a prosperity preacher, I'm not going to pile on that because he just informed the press it was only four hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry. So uh, big difference. Want to make sure that. <laughs> We practice journalistic integrity here and not jump on a guy for wearing $400,000 worth of jewelry during church. It was him and his wife. Oh, collected. Well, that even all the he more. He only had 200. 200 and <laughs> she had, well, she probably had more like 375 and he had 25. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I'm certain that was sexist somehow. I'm sure it most certainly was. Please send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, how much are you wearing in jewelry right now? Zero. Unless you count my glasses, but. Uh, That's not jewelry. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, I've got a wedding ring, but it's. Oh, uh, there you go. It, but it's rubber. It's one of those silicone things because I've lost two real ones. And she doesn't trust you with a good one anymore. <laughs> we'll not buy another one. She's a wise woman. <laughs> idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Charlie. It says, Todd, discussions about controversial topics often turn into arguments for me because I feel so passionate about them. Yep. Every time this happens, I do regret it and want to do better. So how do I remain cool and collected in controversial conversations? Well, you just took the first step. You recognize you're doing it. And if you're bringing more light than heat, you got to make a balance adjustment now. I suppose we could go watch some YouTube videos with life hacks on how to calmly orchestrate a contentious conversation. Or we could take the biblical approach, and that is recognize what is going on inside of your heart and then make any adjustments necessary so that you change and not merely your mode of conversation. We want to do heart work, not just how to, how to be successful in Having a debate over political issues. That's what pagans do. No, we take a look and ask the question, so why am, why am I getting so agitated about this? And you have to do that heavy lifting, and nobody really can do that for you. They can aid and assist you, but you're the one who has to dig down into your heart and say, for instance, is it pride? Do I just think that my positions on these issues is so superior and that I have gained this knowledge all by myself. Uh-oh, everything that you know has been given to you. And the only reason that you don't talk like a noodle is because God has regenerated your heart. So you might want to take a look at, is it pride? And then mortify that sin. Remembering you don't know nothing that God has not ordained for you to know. That helps our attitude a ton. Second exploration you could go on. Is it possible that I am elevating these issues to, to too high of a level? There are a lot of swirling issues these days, political, socioeconomic issues. What sort of system produces the most flourishing? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff these days that is bringing people to loggerheads. Is it possible that you're turning something that we shouldn't be that concerned about into a higher level issue than it is, and therefore we're willing to go to the mattresses. Explore your heart. Examine your heart. What is driving you to be so, ah, what do you mean you voted for it? Okay, well, that's an important thing these days when you consider the issue of life and marriage. It's an important issue, but eternity is more important. 
defending the Christian verities is more important. So do some soul searching to determine what it is that drives you to be, if it sounds like it's sinfully angry inside of a conversation or you just get so worked up on the inside, go to work on your heart, not just your tongue, because it's your heart that controls the tongue. Just as an aside, Speaking of political issues becoming important, we've got more stuff we're going to be fighting about. This is very exciting, Jimmy, because not only did 47 Republicans join the Mm. uh, congressional Democrats in voting to codify non-traditional marriage, shall we say. Now, at least five Republican senators are considering the the signature of an what is that thing called? Oh, the, the marriage Fairness Act or something? <laughs> oh, how clever. <laughs> be fair. Don't you want to be fair? It's a Mott and Bailey. There it that's is, a, Jimmy. It's a Mott and Bailey. That's exactly Jimmy, what it is. Do you want to be fair to people? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, Jimmy, we need to sign this Marriage Fairness Act and you need to endorse it. Okay. No, you got to say no. <laughs> no, no, no. And then I say, don't you want to be fair to people? <laughs> what are we going to do when, if the Republican Party starts to endorse gay marriage? What are we going to do? Where are you going to go? And how are you going to treat other Christians as we noodle through these issues? I'm telling you, just get ready for the next round. because <laughs> It's just keep on coming. And hopefully your emails do, too. Sent to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Cody. Hello, Todd. I have been struggling lately about working on projects around my house. I love to work with my hands, and I'm grateful God gave me the ability ability to do so. But is it sinful to have or want things like projects to work on, like a car or a house? No. I mean, it can be. I mean, it, can it be sinful to tie your shoes? You'd go, well, no. Well, it could be for some weird <laughs> motivation. But doing stuff isn't innately sinful unless, of course, it is innately sinful. And fixing up a car, having a hobby, every Christian gets discretionary time, some more, some less. And we are all stewarded to try or tasked to be good stewards. We are given a job description. The Lord wants us to enjoy stuff. The Lord is okay with hobbies, with athletics with arts, but there should be some sort of a limit on it because we are to be the working people and every Christian has to figure that out. So if you are making sure your family is provided for, you're making sure you're doing the basic stuff, you know, the upkeep on the house stuff, that that you're doing church work, then hobby away, but just watch the sand in the hourglass. Was reading a part of a book last night. It's I'm just about finished. It's not like a high priority book for me. It's just one of those that I pick up on occasion. Cal Newton's Deep Work. It's, it's to teach you how to organize your life so that you're more productive and you get more important stuff done and not be deceived by the little stuff, the small tasks. And there were, there have been some studies where I, I'm doing this from memory, but you'll get the point. Um, they asked 18 to 35-year-olds, how many hours a week do you spend watching TV? And the average, they said, was 15, which sounds like a lot to me. 
But they put devices on their TVs, and it turns out it was 28 hours a week. Why? Because we have a tendency to underestimate our free time. Oh, I just I just took a little break. Actually, that was an hour and a half ago you took that break. So be careful. Do your hobbies. Enjoy them. Thank God for them. That's, that's what makes it an activity that glorifies him. And just make sure that your schedule is balanced and find time. Please, whatever you do, find time to send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Lamont. Todd, why wretched? Why is wretched the name of the show when we as believers are called saints and sons and daughters? Sure. We're called all of those things. <laughs> we're, we're kind of a bag of different titles, aren't we? Because Paul in Romans chapter 7, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ. We are indeed still sinful. We are not yet glorified. And so we still are wretched. Remember, it's not our old nature that's wretched. It's just our members. They're not glorified. And so they still love to sin. And so we can rightly say we are wretched, but that's not the only title we should give ourselves. We should also remind ourselves, I know this gets just so abused. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Now, we're not going to wear a shirt that says like, son, son of God, daughter of God, like, um, what what is the big thing these days? King and queen. I see. I see. That's kind of a, a trendy T-shirt. All right. Are we going to reign with Christ? Yes. Yes. We are. We need to remember that too. And if if we do that balance correctly, it has a dual effect. It keeps us humble when we remember that we are wretched people, but it doesn't leave us in despair when we remember, whoa, we've been adopted into God's family, and he's preparing a home for us, and we're going to get to inherit eternal life and dwell in a new heavens on a new earth with God where we get to reign with him. Whoa! So you have humility and joy. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hanks. Earlier this week, the Biden administration proposed a new rule that could force Christian doctors in religious hospitals to perform abortions and gender transition procedures. The Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra said the new rule, quote, ensures that people nationwide can access health care free from discrimination. I guess unless you're an unborn child in your mother's womb, you don't have access to health care free from discrimination because you must be murdered. Hallmark's largest competitor, GAC, is changing the name of the GAC Family and GAC Living Channels. The new names, Great American Family and Great American Living. A release by the company says that the channels will continue to offer family-friendly content that celebrate faith, family, and country. Hey, I applaud the move. Absolutely do. But don't think somebody somewhere won't try to say this is racist somehow. The FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration, has just issued a warning that puberty blockers can cause side effects in children like brain swelling and permanent vision loss. What is going on in the Biden administration? Yesterday, it was his Department of Justice who released statistics showing violence in relationships is much higher in the LGBT community. And now the FDA is saying puberty blockers are bad for children. I don't know what's happening here, but it looks like it may be positive. Maybe? 
Louisiana is one of the states that had trigger laws in place that would immediately ban nearly all abortions in the state should Roe v. Wade ever get overturned. And leaders in the city of New Orleans seem to disagree. They didn't like the trigger laws and decided to disobey authority and refuse to enforce the ban. And the state, they have responded in a major way. The Louisiana Bond Commission, on a 12-2 vote, agreed to withhold a $39 million line of credit from the Sewer and Water Board of New Orleans. That's one way to show that you're serious about the enforcement of the law whether it's laws you like or not. The mayor of New Orleans said that the state is unjustly withholding money, and Louisiana's attorney general responded by saying the choice is hers. Are you going to deny basic amenities to your constituents because you're playing partisan politics? Well, my guess is that she will, and also she likely won't be re-elected. But that's just my guess, though. Suspected Islamic extremists kidnapped 36 Christians earlier this week in northern Nigeria, while Islamic extremists are also charged with shooting and killing a Christian man who participated in an open-air debate in Uganda. The Islamic extremists have also been credited with an attack against a Christian pastor and members of his church in Uganda, and they finished their attack by tearing down the church building. As we tell you frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you are continuing to pray for all of our brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Books of the Bible. The book of Ecclesiastes is a philosophical and poetic reflection on life. The author teaches that no matter what, all men die and face God's judgment. Life, then, is full of vanity and despair. Anything that is pursued for its own sake is meaningless. But if we pursue God above all else, we can enjoy even mundane things as gifts from God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Please hurry and send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, so Jimmy can get to the new Kevin Bacon movie. Thank you. This is Wretched Radio. Do you have your tickets yet for the new Kevin Bacon movie? I I didn't know there was a new Kevin Bacon movie. You didn't know? Well, I'm sure you're going to want to be first in line. It's a slasher movie. You know, kind of, I had a hockey mask, Jason sort of affair. Okay. And I'm sure it has no agenda being set at a conversion camp. (laughs) Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) No, I'm sure. Do they even have conversion camps anymore? I don't know. Were there abuses at those places? Yes. Yes, there were. I don't even know that they exist. Nevertheless, Hollywood, this is going to be like one of those peacock presentations, whatever that Mm. is. They made a movie with Kevin Bacon. He's he's a big star. And he's the camp leader who plays the Christian conversion leader. Uh. Dun, dun, dun. What an effort. What an effort. What an effort. What an effort to continue to position Christians as the bad guys here. By the way, here was here was another interesting. What? No, I was just going to give you another example of that. But go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. You've already interrupted. Sorry. I watched a uh, a presentation last night, a documentary type thing. I only watched half of it. It's all I could take. Uh, But it was on Rush Limbaugh. Mm. But it was presented on a very liberal station yes oh and it was he was such a horrible man oh i know oh it was it was terrible yeah no i know it It, it just get used to being hated Mm. how the tables have turned a judge just heard of a court case in kentucky there were two laws that effectively ban abortion in kentucky well of course somebody sues they bring it to court so the jefferson circuit court judge 
has decided that, uh, no, these laws, they are not legal because they are distinctly Christian. Okay, let's just say for the sake of argument that they are distinctly, uniquely Christian. Yeah, there was a day when people would have said, yes, they're Christian. So that must mean that that's a good idea. Not anymore. This judge saying, I've got issue with this whole life begins at conception business because it is just the Christians that believe that. And other religious traditions don't. Well, first of all, there are many religious traditions that do. And you're correct. There are some that don't. What's the point? It's irrelevant. It's either right or it's wrong. It is either the intentional taking of an innocent human life or it's not. And so this this fellow, (laughs) there's no science to prove this. It's just Christianity that teaches life begins at conception. Other faiths hold a wide variety, he said, of when life begins and at what point a fetus should be recognized as an independent human being. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody's independent. We are indeed codependent on one another. Even if you are an adult and you have a paycheck, you rely on your boss, you rely on the economy, you rely on transportation, you rely on rain. We, we, we are a reliant people. So he just slots in independent human being. What makes a human being a human being? It's that they're a human being. Doesn't matter about their size, level of development, environment, or degree of dependency. It's a human being. Quote, the laws at issue here adopt the view embraced by some, but not all, religious traditions. That life begins at the moment of conception. Well, of course, life begins at the moment of conception because it starts growing at conception and only live things grow. Of course, life begins at conception. Otherwise, it wouldn't grow and multiply. The General Assembly is not permitted to single out and endorse the doctrine of a favored faith for preferred treatment. Wow. How nice of you to import that into your ruling. Many pro-life advocacy groups, by the way believe that life begin at conception that are not religious. It's not distinctly Christian. You want the list? Progressive anti-abortion uprising, secular pro-life, rehumanize international, and pro-life alliance of gays and lesbians believes that life begins at conception. By the way, 2019 survey of approximately 5,500 biologists, 96% of them responded they believe that human life began at fertilization. (laughs) It's because it's undeniable. I don't know what the others are thinking, but it's not distinctly Christian. And even if it were, it's irrelevant, but it's another sign. Christian, we we we, we, we do not hold the position and culture that we once did. We are not esteemed the same way. It is moved from distinctly positive to neutral to negative. Get used to being hated and send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one's from Daniel, and it kind of goes along with uh, the deconstruction conversation we talked about yesterday. Um, he says, Todd, my city has changed its code of ordinances, decriminalizing public urination, defecation, and littering, <laughs> which used to be misdemeanor crimes are now just civil infractions. Yeah. Why would my city decriminalize going to the bathroom in public? Because they're imbeciles. That's and I, I'm, I'm not using that like uh, some sort of pejorative. 
They are imbecilic in their thinking. They are darkened in their minds. They have a different worldview. And I think this is another manifestation of the autonomous self. We are of the delusional opinion that every individual gets to write the rules for themselves in the universe. Therefore, if somebody feels the need to defecate in public, what are we going to do? You know, bathrooms are colonizational racist tools used by people to control. Um, No, actually, it's because we're humans and we deal with these things a little bit better than bears do. But we must let people do whatever they're going to do because they are themselves. And we are a psychologized, autonomous self-society that insists that people get to. This is why laws are going away. you got to let people do what they do. That, that, that's why when you saw reports, for instance, a journalist standing in downtown Minneapolis with a building on fire behind him from the riots a couple of years ago. I'm sorry, did I say riots? <laughs> sorry, silly me. The protests. He said, these are mostly peaceful. Are you kidding? City blocks were torched in Minneapolis. It was a war zone. But why was he willing to say it's a peaceful protest? Because in the mind of the protester, it was. This is our this is our way. We are justified in doing this. And the journalists couldn't call them wrong because that's what they believe. We are living in an autonomous self world. So watch your step in downtown and send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Mia. She says, Todd, I recently listened to the podcast episode on honoring your parents, and I have a question. Would the 12 ways you shared in honoring your parents still apply if uh, your parents are not Christians? Yeah. Well, I don't remember each of the 12 because I suspect there was some distinctly Christian flavor, I hope, <laughs> woven inside of that. But we're still called to honor our parents. Still still called. We have a responsibility to them, even as adults. That is what Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 5, that if he's, he's, he's dealing with distribution and taking care of widow issues, and your family has a responsibility to you if you are elderly and you, you are struggling to survive. There is a familial responsibility that never ends. If you don't, you're worse than an infidel. So we know that there's a responsibility there, but the relationship dynamic has also changed. And so if you don't have Christian parents, the command to you does not change. You are still to honor in every way that you can. You're not going to ask them for theological advice, of course, but you're going to you can ask them for wisdom. You can ask them to give their opinion on stuff. Do you have to accept it? No, you do well to consider it. But you don't have to do everything that they think because you are an adult. You're responsible for your own decisions. That goes when you're married, too. That's that's the primary relationship. So honor your parents. And I think that we would actually do well as a body to spend more time. I got to find that. Hold on. I'm going to find this is it's first Timothy four and five was just reading it last night. It deals with the subject of familial responsibility. Right now, we see more and more parents, or more and more kids, rather, that just ditch their parents. They want nothing to do with them. That's dishonoring to them. 
I think that's sinful. I think it's motivated by the autonomous self, but nevertheless, treatment of church members, honor true widows. Okay, it's it's First Timothy 5, dealing with the widow issue. Take care of them. And if you have a mother who's a, a widower, no, that'd be a widow, and then the dude is a widower, you, you take care without it affecting your other commitments and responsibilities. Why? Because that's the way God set it up, and you'll be grateful for that setup when your children are older and you are infirm and struggle to take care of yourself. You say it's such a burden now. Well, we should see it as a delight and a joy that we get to return some, just a fraction of the kind things that our parents have done for us. We need to be preaching that word more fervently and regularly because you've got more and more Christian families obliterated because of autonomous self. Honor your father and mother, whether they are Christian or not. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Freeborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals. Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or you can also just as easily text the word Wretched to the number 44321. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, 
four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Mexican. The Incarnation is one of the greatest miracles recorded in the Bible. At the Incarnation, the eternal God became a human being. He did not abandon his deity, nor did he put on a human shell like a hand puts on a puppet. Jesus Christ is 100% human and 100% God, the only acceptable sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What? What? What did you say? This is Wretched Radio. That's the number of the old toll-free. Please call and leave a message. Next week, we're going to be changing the way that we present your calls. We're going to actually dedicate two segments to your calls. Questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, and of course... The other segment will be church signs because <laughs> they just don't stop. Somebody sent me a video. It's a montage. Some guy being kind of silly. He was just quoting all of the different church signs. CH blank CH. What's missing? You are. <laughs> and he just did like 50 of those in a row. It was a beating <laughs> because. There's an awful lot of bad church signs. So keep your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks coming, please. And if you see a church sign that you think is wretched, one 282 Church sign, you're offending God. Repent. No problem with that. one 282 Church sign, sinners wanted. Apply within. Just treat sinful, sinful behavior too lightly. That's all. Do you remember the reputation that churches used to have, that Christians used to have? That we were those killjoys. That we were those stuffed shirts. By the way, that's why our ancestors were persecuted. If you've ever done a study of church history, self-righteousness was one of the big things that got up the nose of the pagan people because of the Christians' belief about abortion, infanticide, etc., they just thought, you guys are prudes. You don't go to the games. You don't watch the sexual dramas. You're just self-righteous. And they really didn't like us. Should they like us today? Not according to the Bible. Anyone who desires to be godly will be persecuted. You're going you're gonna to rub against the grain because we should be a peculiar, different people. Now, I don't mean we should be peculiar like <laughs> carrying around a can of whipped cream and spraying people in the face. No, I'm not talking about that kind of peculiarity, but we should just be distinctly different. And it seems to me it won the West, this whole prudish attitude that we look back at and think, oh. They were so puritanical. It won the West. More than that, we are supposed to be a holy, peculiar, set-apart people, a godly nation of people who don't seek to annoy people, but we need to recognize that we will annoy people. And this current constant effort to be contemporary, cool, 
not separated from the world and different from the world, but just like the world, and to make our religion seem like, hey, I just don't think that it's done us any favors. And 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 the sinners, you know, apply within. Okay, it's not the worst thing ever, but isn't sin something that is serious? Church sign, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> so we don't just give Jesus a try, even though a, I'm not going to mention the name of the pastor at Saddleback Church who's just retiring, hopefully his Hawaiian shirt's with him, who said to Alan Combs on Fox News, hey, try Jesus. If you don't like him, you can get your money back. <laughs> and we all guffawed. Jesus isn't a used car. He's the king of kings. And you will bend the knee today or he will bend it for you. Your call. one 877 By the way, if I could, this type of trivial, silly sort of evangelicalism we see displayed on church signs, I would love it. I would just love it. If the if we would go to churches in nations where it's harder, do they have church signs like this? Do, do they make fun? Try Jay, Czechoslovakians, try Jesus. What's missing? Your ho. I doubt it. Go to Ukraine. Do you think the churches are putting silliness up with a war going on? And I don't think we should be either. But as long as we're in Ukraine. <laughs> don't forget the tomorrow clubs not only the club 200 of the clubs there's many more hundreds more that aren't open yet in ukraine but 200 are back in business please consider supporting tomorrow clubs please become one of their ministry partners if you can they're a great ministry and they're not only preaching the gospel to kids seriously including the r word they don't just say so kids just try jesus and if it doesn't work out for you here in your impoverished village you you could go back to the devil he'll take you no they talk about repentance and faith in the lord jesus christ if you would like to learn more about the tomorrow clubs tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched church sign what a caterpillar calls the end god calls the butterfly oh i thought it was going to be the beginning okay um is the word butterfly in the bible I'm not sure that it actually is, let alone in the context of, is it a good illustration? Sure, of the new birth. That's 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 a great illustration of that. I'm not sure, though, that that is an illustration that is used in the Bible. Church sign, the B attitudes will make you an A-list Christian. That's law. Christian, do the B attitudes, which were intended to help us understand we can't be an A-list Christian. That's the whole point of Christianity. You are an F-list human being. That's what you are. And Jesus gives you his A. That's how the teacher does the grading. You get the grade of another. And when we tell people to do stuff in order to be like an A-list Christian, everybody's an A-list Christian because if you have Christ, you're on the A-list. <laughs> you have an A. And when we tell people, if you behave like this, then you'll really be special. Oh, that just that just isn't even Christianity. Actual 
first time. This isn't going to be good, is it? I he don't sounds remember. downright depressed <laughs> about what he's about to say. Actual first time. God made ducks. He said, waterproof that chicken and give it a kazoo. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> is is the name of the church the Marx Brothers Church? Because that's what that sounds like. Church sign. Faith is journey, not a destination. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The, the, just the, the only reason that my ears kind of perk up is because the word journey is very popular these days. Where are you at in your journey? Where are you at in your quest for truth? Is it authentic? You could be authentic here at Authentic Journey Church. <laughs> That's relevant and hip. Now, what's the, my favorite one still? I haven't seen one to replace. Okay. Oh. Oh. This hurts so bad. I can't even tell you. Having a conversation, talking about church names and the the, the current trend for, you know, being man-centered. Okay. And I thought just because we do a TV series called Transformed, for some reason it came to mind and I went, Transformation Church. Well, you know, okay, it's it's not focusing on Jesus, it's focusing on his work in people. And I concluded in my head, well, it's not like great, but it's not terrible. And I thought, wait a second, I'll bet somebody's done that. Sure enough, I Google it. Michael Todd's church is called Transformation Church. <laughs> I sat in a corner in sackcloth and ashes, repenting. Hey, Todd, church sign in Alabama. Don't let the only time you're at church be in a pine box. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> I think the fellow who called it in from Alabama, because this is in Alabama, this is the Bible Belt. I, that's That one's not the, you know, hey, you're going to die. Get your soul straightened out. Church sign, even the mosquitoes know the power in the blood. No, 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 please. The world recognized that the pinnacle of human history, the most impactful, important event took place 2,000 years ago. We changed the calendar system in recognition of the man who split time, who shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins, that you and I might be reconciled to God, that you and I could be heirs of everlasting life. There's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood it is the most sacred, the highest, most important event in all of, for all of eternity, Jesus shedding his blood so that sinners could be reconciled. Um, maybe we could treat it a little higher than. Church sign, even the mosquitoes know the power in the blood. <sighs> I doubt the angels who are looking at Jesus on his throne, giggle at that church. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.